gather round, join us for a spell. There is magic to be found, and stories here to tell. Feed the fire, merry meet, dare to more than dabble. All are welcome at our hearth for a little bonfire babble. Bonfire babble. Welcome to the bonfire. Exploring magic with two modern witches. I'm Corey. And I'm Detta. Hi, everybody. Hello. Detta's cat is doing something very cute right now that makes her face look very smushy and stupid and cute. Yeah. I love cats. Not quite as like a pug but definitely squishy very squishy yes happy february happy february happy lunar new year everybody oh happy almost new moon the new moon will have happened by the time you hear this episode never mind but also still yeah we wish it for you now yeah absolutely oh yeah when you hear this we'll be midway through february whoa i know we'll be coming into aries season no pisces pisces season yeah we're close yeah. Very close. Oh, wow. <laughs> way too close. Way, way, way. It's already going really, really fast. It feels very fast already, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really that. behind on garden stuff. So. How so? Just like I haven't been able to start. Oh. Because I've been too busy. Oh. Yeah. Do you want to plant seeds? I, I need to dig up the rose bush and the apple tree, and I need to relocate them. And I need to build my trellis and all that stuff. So it's just a lot of stuff yeah. that I haven't had a chance to do. I haven't gotten my seeds in yet. Yeah. I've got everything prepped for them, though. I'm probably going to do starts because I just, I'm not going to get to it in time. I'll plant some extra Thanks. so I can bring some over to you if you want. Oh, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yay. Yay. Okay. I got to go to Lunar New Year yesterday at in the CID. Really? Yeah. Oh, my god. My cousin is amazing, and she helped with a project for the Wing Luke Museum and so we got to go and see the lion dance and the new dragon that was there to bless the CID and the museum and everything. And there was like, there was the firecrackers and we got to go in and see the museum, which if you're in the Seattle area and you've never been to the Wing Luke Museum, please do that. It's wonderful in there. It's really cool. It's really cool. And then you can also go and get mochi donuts and Korean corn dogs and, yeah. you know, have a really, really great day. There's also... The Seattle Asian Art Museum, which is mm -hmm. pretty freaking amazing as Absolutely. well. Yeah. I've, I usually pay so close attention to Lunar New Year. Like it's part of my magical thing. And I missed it, obviously. This... It's technically in a lot of cultures goes on for weeks. Oh, I hope so. So Yes, yes, yes. I just totally missed the day, though. Probably because Imbolc was going on. Maybe. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So happy Year of the Dragon, folks. Happy Year of the Dragon. It's my year. I was just going to say, I know it's your year because it's also twinsies that I happen to know their year. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Happy Year of the I love Year of the Dragon. Even it's pretty I'm fun. Not. Yeah. I think that the traits of the dragon dovetail pretty well with the traits of Aquarius. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's really going to serve this year mm -hmm. really well. Yeah, they were talking that's about going that. On. Where they, they gave a speech and they were like, here are the traits of the dragon. These are qualities we all need to lean into, mm -hmm. especially in this new next year. Yeah. What with an election cycle and everything. And it was just like, yeah, heck yeah, Wing yeah. Luke Museum. It's interesting listening to Conowin and a lot of other people talk about the next 20 years. I... 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm just sending all of you out there a lot of energy for strength if you want to take it and a lot of energy for moving forward, moving Mm -hmm. forward, Mm -hmm. moving forward. Mm -hmm. So might it be. Yes. Yeah. Do you have any, Bob? I wanted to say, since you said that about Wing Luke, Mm -hmm. is that you know who would really love that of our listeners hmm. is Periwinkle, which mm. I think her major was in Asian art. Yeah. And you really like yeah. it. It covers the whole Asian diaspora mm-hmm. all the way around and those that came to Seattle. Yeah. So we keep talking about, or rather I keep talking about and bringing it up, and Corey's been totally game for it about doing some episodes on uh, Japanese magic and Chinese magic and Mm -hmm. Asian magic. And I think I'm just nervous about it because I'm not. (laughs) Yeah, we want to, well, I want, I I want to include like information from people who practice it and and it's part of their heritage. And I don't feel super cozy inserting myself in the position of information giver nope there me either yeah (laughs) but it's so fascinating and the history is so cool Mm -hmm. i don't practice are so cool oh my gosh and there are movies now out that we can look to and and there have been for a long time but now they're coming into american mainstream as well as where they've always been yeah yeah so i think once we find someone Mm -hmm. that practices that magic we will be doing those episodes. I would yeah. love to. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only babble I have for, we're recording on February 4th and we're doing two episodes, but I have babble for the other episode. Oh, mm-hmm. I see. Yeah. But other than that. Should we tell them what we're talking about? Yes. What are we talking about, Dada? We're talking about henges. Yeah. And hopefully I pronounced it. Maybe I, I'm trying to get that. I can feel it, but I can't hear it, y'all, because of my Southern accent that I used to have. Henges, not hinges. Henges. There we go. Woohoo. Yeah. And what are hinges? Henges. <laughs> I slipped right into it. What are they? What if we went to the library and I told you all about it? I would love that. All right. Tell okay. us about them. What is the definition of a henge? I'm about to tell you all so much information. Oh, so my gosh. Buckle up. Hem. <laughs> <laughs> Pushing up the glasses. A henge is a Neolithic earthwork. It is ring-shaped with a ditch and a bank. And something notable is that more likely than not, they are not built for defense. That is not their function. That is something they were able to infer because the ditch and the because of the placement of the ditch and the bank. Because for defense, the ditch would be on the outside, right? And in this case, the ditch is on the inside. There are three loose types of henge. There is just a regular old henge, which is bigger than 20 meters in diameter, made of often stone or timber. There's a hengeiform monument, which is colloquially known as a mini henge. And there's a henge enclosure, which is colloquially known as a super henge. And those are neat because they have evidence inside of them as of of having had occupants in them. Oh, like living. Ooh. Yeah. Not just using for things we're going to talk about. Yeah. And there are three classes of henge. Class one only has one entrance. 
Class 2 has two entrances, and Class 3 has four entrances. So the etymology of henge is a little weird because it's a back formation, which is kind of how it sounds. It's a word built off of another word rather than not in a derived from way, but like in a, you know how you have a acronym? Mm -hmm. So a backronym would be you write the acronym first and then pick words that go in it. Oh. Instead of wow. like just acronyming the actual words. Yeah. This is kind of like that, but for the formation of words. I'm not going to be able to explain that to my satisfaction or probably anybody else's. So you should look up the word back formation <laughs> because I understand it, but not well enough to under explain it. Hmm. So it's a back formation of Stonehenge. The word Stonehenge happened before the word henge became its own like thing. Okay. Again, this is the ditch on the inside of the bank. If the ditch is on the outside of the bank, it's not a hen. Henges are pretty much of the British Isles. However, stone circles can be found in Brazil, Australia, Bulgaria, France, Morocco, Japan, Poland, Syria, and the medicine wheels of Turtle Island or modern day America. Mm -hmm. The modern day Americas, excuse me. It is. Those are not classified as henges. Henges are to my best knowledge and the deepest, darkest searching I could find, a British Isles thing. Not even fully a, a all over Europe thing, mm -mm. just the British Isles. Yeah, whatever was going on there, they liked them. Mm-hmm. Let's turn the picture real quick. <clears throat> Loud. Okay, I'm going to walk you through the basics of Stonehenge, the biggest, most famousest henge, and then I'm going to hand it off to Detta. Okay. Stonehenge is atypical to other henges as its ditch is in the outside and the stones are trilithic and held in place with joints. I am not going to assert one way or the other whether Stonehenge is a henge. It's none of my business. I personally have an opinion. I'm not an archaeologist and I'm not trying to cause beef with anybody, but just know that there are those in archaeology who would say it's not a henge, but it is an honorary henge which I think is great. People get honorary doctorates all the time. Okay, <laughs> so the name of Stonehenge comes from the words possibly Stanengeis hmm, or Stonhenge, which I know I did wrong, but it's fine. The building for this began in circa around 3100 BC, and it finished its many phases of construction around 1600 BC. They likely ceased use in the end of the Iron Age. So at the, when the Iron Age ended, they likely that's when the henges stopped being used regularly or if at all. There is no written record, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no one can know for sure what these were used for. There are a lot of great clues. There's a lot of great assertions based on those clues. But just like with a lot of history that isn't written down, or even history that is written down <laughs> because the human mind and memory are fallible. It is like, who's, who knows? Yeah. We, can, we can guess. Through DNA research, we can see that this was built by like early farmers who came from the Eastern Mediterranean. There's just a lot there to talk about, and we don't have the time. There are so many <laughs> legends about this. It predates the Druids. By 2,000 years, which is not to say that Druids didn't use them. Yeah, because a lot of people use them. Yeah, how could we years. know? 
But yeah. it wasn't, there was a long time when people were like, this was built by the Druids. And it has been shown now that it actually predates Druid, Druidic practices mm-hmm. by a couple K. Not to say they didn't use it, but now you know a fun thing. The last thing I want to say, and then I'm going to hand it off because this is the last like fun fact I have, is that the blue stones from which Stonehenge was built are from Wales, which is a hundred heckin' miles away, and were likely brought over on those. Basically, it's a it's a moving track that you make by laying logs in front and pulling. You can watch a lot of really fun videos on YouTube from colleges and archaeological teams who have recreated that process, as well as the lifting and placing of humongous, huge fuck off stones that weigh just more than I can even kind of like actually conceptualize. And the blue stones are the smaller of the stones in Stonehenge. Yes. Those stones are called megaliths. (laughs) No, it is a megalith. Stonehenge is a megalith. Mm -hmm. The bigger stones are called sarsens. Mm. Yes, which I can't wait to talk about. Do you want to tell me more about these rocks? First, we often, Corey and I talked about the fact that we bury the lead sometimes on why we're talking about certain things Mm -hmm. because we are a witch show and we talk (laughs) about magic and how things might, you know, how you might use things in your magic. And these are just some of the types of magic I think of when I think about all of these hinges and the rocks that go with some hinges, and that's ancestor work, sea life, so much sea life, and I'll tell you why in just a minute, how these hinges inform our current day celebrations and our death rites and rituals, the amazing element work you can do, which that I'll talk more about out at the bonfire, because these are billions of years old. The rocks are billions of years old, specifically Stonehenge, but there are some other places as well. The magic of the directions and the quarters and how they're coming together. The magic of water, specifically rivers, because so many hinges have rivers, at least one by them and sometimes they have two and they're in the middle of and so there are theories about that but of course we know rivers move Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but yeah the underworld the magic of the directions or the astrological makings are coming together of meeting and creating and crystals which i'm about to tell you about right now so the huge stones in stonehenge are called sars Sarsens. (laughs) Sarsens. <laughs> I listened to it five million times yesterday. They're called sarsens, and they have they are made of quartz crystals. If you were to cut one open, they would be tiny quartz crystals. They know this because they've taken little slabs off of it. And there used to be, they think, there used to be 82 sarsens, those massive boulders, and then 80 of the bluestones. But right now, there are only about 40 to 43 that still exist today. And the bluestones are a lot smaller, yes, but as Corey said, still huge, freaking huge and really heavy. So the fact that they got them from Wales to there, and there's this guy named Mike Pitt, who's written a book called How to Build Stonehenge. And I heard him on a couple of podcasts, and I'm just fascinated by him. I want to hear him on more. And he talks about the fact that the, and just so you know, the Sarsens that are uh, around Stonehenge that they built were already there. 
around Wiltshire. Those did not come from far away. However, how did those get there? Because if you go down, there's all this chalk, this limestone that those sarsens are built on. And there's evidence that that was glacier movement. And again, as Corey said, there's no way people can prove. But boy, you, I geeked out, you all. <laughs> and then I went down not just Stonehenge, but Thorough, Thornboro Hinge, which there are three Thornboro Hinges. And they're all exactly the same measurements. And what's sad about that, they've had to, since the 50s, there have been quarries near there. So they have some evidence and some excavations. So they know a little bit about those three henges, but there's been so much that was ruined because of the quarries that were there. Now they have some protections in place, but they're still dealing with people excavating really close to that and probably a lot of ruin. And the reason that we know so much about Stonehenge and not the other hinges yet is because of the excavation, Mm -hmm. because there's been so much excavation. And I could talk about this literally for days. Mm -hmm. I got so excited. And I got the same thing pre-industrial. I heard Susan Greenery, not spelled with double E's. And she is at Thornboro. And she had said that hinges were circular earthwork enclosures with a bank surrounded by an outer ditch and an inner ditch. But you found that that's not the case. The ditch, there's no ditch on the outside of a true hinge. Yes. So uh, there's just an inner ditch. Yeah. Yeah. And she talks about the fact that, and you can go into details about, she didn't say it wasn't a true hinge or anything like that. Like I said, I'm not here to yeah. make any declarative statements no. about whether Stonehenge is a hinge or Thornboro. Nope. I don't even know what Thornboro is. Oh. Well, I mean, I'm sure I came across yeah. it, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, just the fact that, and there's so much. When you look into limestone and what chalk is actually made of, and that's when you go into, and I don't know if this is library talk or we should be out at the bonfire, but all that limestone, which again, most likely was carried by glaciers, there's so much sea life. I didn't know this about chalk. Our chalk, which comes from limestone, Corey's nodding her head like, I knew that. I knew that. It used to be marine. It used to be the bottom of oceans. I've never known this. All you geologists out there going, oh, data. And you're shaking your head at me. I know it. Just There's like no reason for you to know that. <laughs> but except that it's fascinating yeah. and really cool. The only reason I know it is because I went down a rabbit hole uh, when I was looking up stuff about the Appalachian mountain range. Oh, yeah. And that took me to chalk somehow. Oh, wow. <laughs> because... <laughs> Yeah, it's just fascinating. Mm -hmm. I I think our world and what we have here is just fascinating, fascinating. The water around these hinges. And I got that it definitely was a crematory. They found evidence of that. That's just recent, though. I think it was 2000 and. At a particular hinge? At Stonehenge? At at Stonehenge. And that, so they are pretty sure, long, long time ago, Mm -hmm. 3,500, like one of the first uses because of the carbon dating they've been able to do. Burial rites. Was burial rites. And death rites and things. Yeah. But then they've got evidence of other stuff and then very close. And then I promise we can go on to... Do you have other hinges that you wanted to talk about? Mm-mm. Okay, I'm going to mention some. But before we do, I want to talk about this dude. 
The only thing about other hinges that I want to say is that I got really annoyed because I couldn't find them anywhere but the British Isles. And then I had to take myself out of that space and say it's because it's a British Isles thing. Yeah. It's specifically about that. It doesn't matter that it's not everywhere else because there are things in places that aren't everywhere else. Yeah. And like just chill out and it's fine. Like I'm going to pronounce this wrong, and I listened to it, and Tammy and I talked about it yesterday. Machu Picchu? Did Machu they say Picchu, it right? Yeah. Woohoo! Machu Picchu, sh- fabulous, incredible monument. And I don't know that there's anything else that anywhere. I think that's pretty yeah. site-specific. I get very in it about it, like things like pyramids and stuff. Oh, yeah. Where I'm like, they're not just in Egypt. <laughs> and I get annoyed because pyramids are, there are older pyramids, you know, um, elsewhere. And so when I was like, I couldn't find evidence of henges anywhere, I was like, mm. but then I was like, it's because they don't. They're yeah. a specifically English thing or it, British thing, rather. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Very wild. So there's this guy, and I don't know how they know his name or whether they named him, named Amsbury Archer. And I would like to call him the original Jeff Bezos because <laughs> he, his, he was found just a little bit off away from Stonehenge mm-hmm. around and probably the Copper Age. And he was buried with all of these riches and wealths and all of this. And they don't think that was done because they were honoring him mm. because he was also found with a couple of arrowheads in his body, in his bones that aired his remains, I should say, not yeah. his body. So they were not particularly fond of this. And what they figured is that he probably hoarded stuff and there's all oh. Mike Pitt can go on and on about him. Yeah. But they were, and that was near the River Avian. It's Ames, in Ames, it's east of Stonehenge. Mm -hmm. And they're probably, probably making a point that hoarding's not good, y'all. Yeah, it's almost like if you hoard a bunch of wealth and keep the resources from your community, they'll put arrows in you. Yeah, they might. They might do that or guillotine you or something like that. That does seem to happen in history. It does seem to happen a lot. Yeah, yeah, in history, which, you know, if we learn about, we might be able to learn from it. But, you know, we don't More know. techniques? Or... Yeah, I, we don't know much about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to get in trouble here because yeah. <laughs> I'm already on somebody's list because I have been tagging Biden in almost every single one of my posts and going, really? Are you looking at this? Are you looking? You Do you see this? Right. Anyway. I know you're old, but focus oh, on Oh my God. Look at look at what you're doing because this is awful. And Oh. The Sarsens contain interlocking quartz crystals mm-hmm. that are estimated to be 1.6 billion years old. Yeah. There are other hinges, Avebury, which I will talk about out at the bonfire, West Kennet Avenue. There are the Stanton Drew Circles, considered a true hinge. There are so many rabbit holes you can go down. And the <laughs> last one I will go down before we go and get to magic is Mary Hill Stonehenge, which is located where? In Washington State. Is it? Yes, because it was made in 1918 by a dude named Sam Hill, also credited to possibly the phrase, What in the Sam Hill? Yep. (laughs) But he's not the only Sam Hill that's credited to that. And and he, yeah, yeah. And you can go down that 
rabbit hole, especially if you're on Patreon, because I provided the links and wrote a little bit about it. And I am posting that now that we have recorded this episode. And uh, the Mary Hill Stonehenge is a replica of England's Stonehenge located in Mary Hill, Washington, United States. And it was commissioned in the early 20th century by wealthy entrepreneur Sam Hill and dedicated on July 4th, 1918 as a memorial to the people who died in World War One. It's on the and Columbia River. It is on the Columbia River which is how I knew about it and knew to look for it. Because when one of our daughters was in a theater program down on the Columbia River, we were driving and we found it. He's also buried there. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go with you. We keep talking about all these road trips. I know because when I edit, I go, yeah. It's really hard to get a road trip together. It is hard. It is. But it's down there. It's about two and a half hours away from us. Yeah, it's by Wasco. Oh, it's like right outside the Dells. Yeah. I know exactly where that is. <laughs> yes. Wild. Isn't that wild? Cool. And then you can, if you really want to go down a rabbit hole, you can find out how many hinges there are in the United States that are replicas or honor in honor of hinges in. People love a replica. They do. They do. Yeah, so many, y'all. So many. Okay. I'm done. Okay. I'm done. Okay. We can go talk about. <laughs> Let's have a magic. magic. Let's do it. Let's go to the bonfire. Yee. Okay, there was one more thing I forgot to say. Uh-oh. About the stones. The stones are standing and upright because of linnets, mm-hmm. which are interlocking mechanisms that keep them together that are usually only used on wood. Mm-hmm. But they're used on the stone. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Trilithic, baby. Trilithic mm. with joints. Mm. Amazing. Okay. Let's talk about magic. I talk talked a magic. lot, so it's your turn. <laughs> okay. So the thing I love about hinges is that they're circles. Me too. I love circles. And so does humanity. Kind of since forever. <laughs> they can mark time. They can symbolize and represent eternity mm. or nothingness. They create a means to, quote unquote, harness celestial energy. So I'm looking at like suns, like solstices, equinoxes, Mm -hmm. places that are built in such a way, which this blows my mind apart. Places that are built in such a way that like when the sun comes up on the solstice, it comes up in in between two stones or whatever. It's incredibly accurate and cool. It is. And still to this day, it's accurate. Stonehenge, Mm -hmm. it rises you, you get the sun rising on the midsummer mm-hmm. and the sun setting in winter. And, the heck? and the Thornboro ones, that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons I got there. It does, I think it does the opposite. Amazing. So they planned that. Anyway. It's very cool. Oh, I love it. That's why astrologically. Yeah. Another cool thing about circles is that they can't fall into themselves. What do you mean? So you know how manhole covers are round? Yeah. It's because manhole covers are round so that they can't fall into themselves. So if they what? were square, yeah. if you were to turn it, it could fall into itself. <gasps> but you oh. can't do that with a circle. Oh, whoa. I need to see that. Yeah. It's very cool. I like want somebody to demonstrate that you for You can me. find it on YouTube. I will do that. I think Bill and I talked about it once. <gasps> of course he did. They also can represent celestial bodies, mm-hmm. which we see appear in the sky so we represent those as circles because they're spheres and speaking of it's a 2d representation of a sphere which is the most efficient shape that makes me think of bubbles Mm -hmm. i love bubbles but it also it makes sense because of all of that 
the natural inclination of humanity to circles. Mm-hmm. Like it makes sense that we recognize that they're incredibly powerful in magic. And big circles are going to create big old magic and like vortexes of magic and places where like the center of a circle is going to be a very powerful place especially if it is designed with that in mind and like you mentioned the placement of the hinge is incredibly important and i think that it's amazing the way that science and math and magic come together in a hinge because right a lot of people are like you can't draw a perfect circle without the appropriate tools and it's like incorrect you can actually draw a beautiful circle with a stick and a string Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you can make that as big as you want with a big enough stick and a long enough string and if a person is walking with paint on their shoes in a circle holding a string that's tied to a stick in the center you're going to have the outline and the and the blueprint for a place to put your big fucking rocks. Yeah, exactly. Or to dig your ditch. And for me, I think the most magical thing about henges, I wasn't able to go see Stonehenge when I went to England because the excursion was expensive and I'm not expensive. I am, but like my bank account isn't. And this was in high school and we just couldn't afford it. And but... What I imagine about henges and what I have experienced at other circle monuments here in the United States is you can feel no matter how old it is, the intentionality of it. The We are building this for a specific purpose to do important things, whether that's a forum or a burial place mm-hmm. or like a marriage place or a place where you go and bring new babies to or what um it's community it's a community yeah. yeah a circle is is something that encompasses and encloses rather mm-hmm. than excludes like yeah. that's the vibe of a circle and you can see everybody when you're in a circle that's true you too. can see everybody yeah. yeah so that's kind of like my whole thing about circles or about hinges is that they're big powerful circles and i work a lot with little powerful circles Mm -hmm. so imagine how powerful that circle is if it's you know quarter mile across it's pretty swell yeah i like to make little rock circles in my yard Mm -hmm. that's fun Mm -hmm. it's a stonehenge for ants yeah and when we talk about faces don't now i want to yeah okay very quickly, I had five million stories just burst uh, right I watched there. It. I watched it happen. <laughs> and I had to stop it and come back. Fairy circles, circles mm-hmm. that the mycelium underground of those mushrooms will grow in a circle. There's so many natural circles and the conic, sh- that you know, the forever circle, the golden ratio, which is actually a myth. And that's another story for another Love time. That. But it's a great book. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you brought that in because it's one of the most important things about casting. Yeah. In my opinion. I love that. It's circle. just one of the many important things, I guess. Yeah. So much. I'll tell I'll tell a little story. So the reason it's the only time I've been to Europe and we are saving to go again. But gosh, was it two thousand and something like that? No, it must have been after that. Anyway, Tammy's mom had passed and there was a very, very small inheritance, but it was enough to go to Europe and to go to Stonehenge 
and do all that kind of stuff. And that's what we did. So that's why we were able to go in. Can I just say, because I can't even imagine how expensive it is now. I don't think you should have to pay for it. (laughs) I think it should be, but that's another story. I think everybody should have access to it. But if you don't, there are so many other henges and megaliths, megaliths or big stones and big stone circles that you can go and visit. We also visited Avebury, which is along the trail of hinges, which you can find, which is what Thornborough is, Thornboro is a part of. There are a lot of other ones. People started to surmise or try to do a theory that they were actually built by the Romans and that's where chariot races went and or that maybe because some of them were made later that they were a channel for people to race and or maybe they were just a guide for travelers. There are a lot of theories out there about the henges. We went to Avebury the day before we went to Stonehenge and I remember walking in because you can do this one for free and there's a chapel there and you can walk around the stones and you can touch them or at least you could then and the moment we were there and it wasn't just me but I like the kids and Tammy were like wow the energy here is just like vibrating and we were able to just walk in and touch them and go into the chapel and say hey there was nobody there but it was open I mean obviously somebody must have been around but they weren't somebody was a steward of that and we were there were we there in the summer we were we were there in the summer as green oh it was the Olympics year it was an Olympics year Mm. I do remember that because all of us except for Tammy of course at one point got a little bit sick and and my day I I watched swimming and gymnastics. Nice. <laughs> One of the kids didn't get to go on a little night boat excursion and somebody else at the towards the end of our trip, we just all decided to stay because we were gonna do a day trip out and we we're just like, no, we'll just stay. And we watched the Olympics that day too. So that's why I remember it was an Olympics year. So you can, there are places and hinges you can go and touch and just be with. And they are just as powerful. I mean, these rocks are billions of so years old, you all. There's also, to my understanding, there was, last I checked, there are tours that drive along the mm-hmm. row of henges and take you to each of them. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And those, of course, you should pay for and stuff like that. Yeah. I just don't think you should have to pay for entrance mm-hmm. into donate you know ask for donations because of course we want to keep these safe at the time we had to make a reservation in order to go into stonehenge not Mm -hmm. avebury and i had all my crystals with me and we were there at sunset and i put all my crystals there i had i think seven or eight of them (laughs) i could go upstairs and count because we still have them and one of them though is in the foundation of the house that we're in right now because we had to expand because literally our kitchen there couldn't be more than one person in it so we expanded the kitchen and when we did that we had to build a little foundation and i put one of the crystals in there protecting us that was charged at stonehenge yeah, that's amazing so I love that. amazing so yeah do you want to talk a little bit more about magic and about do you have any more about i read a I, lot about what people think stonehenge was for oh yeah and yeah, yeah what magic and quote-unquote pagan rites mm-hmm. and things happened there. You're also going to see a lot of movies and, mm. and books and stuff that that will claim that, 
you know, Stonehenge was used for this or that. Oh, side note, if you want to laugh your entire ass off at one of the funniest, worst movies you'll ever see in your life, Mm -hmm. it's called Stonehenge Apocalypse. Oh my gosh. And it's got Misha Collins in it from Supernatural, which is (gasps) how I learned about it. So if you're already like Supernatural trash like I am, you probably know about Stonehenge Apocalypse. It's so fucking bad. Is and it it's really? so good. It's so funny because even Misha Collins is, please watch my terrible movie. And it's just, it's wonderful. Is he good at least? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, sure. <laughs> you can only do so much, you know? Um, but he's funny and good and it's just, it's it's so bad. Oh my god, <laughs> It's so fun. It's one of those movies you watch and you go, what? Real? What? <laughs> it's just really fun. But I wish we had, I wish we had more places like that mm-hmm. here. And I know that there were once. Mm-hmm. And I know that by design, they have been erased. And that is a fucking bummer. It makes, it makes my throat clench up. Yeah, it and makes me really upset. Yesterday, when I was looking for my spark, actually. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just made me go. It makes you mad. Fucking pissed off. Anybody, just if you're feeling brave, the next time you hear somebody say something about how nothing in America is that old, yeah, just gently remind them that that's by design, and they would be if they hadn't been systematically erased. There are, I think, one of the reasons that Sedona, Arizona, is so appealing to people as a spiritual vortex is because of the age of the stones that have not been destroyed and the plateaus that are still there which you can see a couple of them in Oregon if you drive through just off of I-5 there are actual when I when I was doing the research for this there are places that they call natural hinges here Mm -hmm. that are recognized by indigenous people that were here before colonialism And there are certain things that colonialism couldn't destroy. They destroyed a lot. We were raised on the myth that the indigenous peoples didn't have permanent structures. And that is a lie. Yeah. And it makes me sad because I wish that I could visit. And I can visit really beautiful rock formations and and sacred places when I go visit my family Mm -hmm. in New Mexico. And there are some really beautiful places I can go. But I wish that we were able to access those things now. Me too. Because who knows what kind of crazy shit magically could get going in there. Oh my gosh, yeah. There's, you know, astrology and... There is so much astrology. Spirit work and calling on deities because, you know, those pagan folks had many deities. And I don't know, there's something symbolic about just walking a circle. Mm -hmm. That's why labyrinths are so appealing. Yeah. Yeah. So walking a circle, I think... If you've ever done it in a group that is focused on magic, mm. holy fuck. It's just, oh, hit you in the chest. I do it in my yard single sometimes. Cell. Yeah, even by yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes. I want to come over and walk circles with you. I was walking a circle once for a, for a like summer, midsummer thing in my yard. And I stopped when I was done and I looked and I realized there were two squirrels following <gasps> me around. And I was like, oh, don't act friendly with me now. <laughs> You throw pine cones at my head. 
Maybe you're not so bad, though. Look at you, magic witch. Ugh. We'll be nice to you now. Yeah. That didn't help. But <laughs> yeah. So circled, baby. Yeah. I like the idea of the astrological, the the fact that the stones are set in a way that you can be there. It's why people gather there at winter solstice and certain groups have permission from the government and don't have to pay for it to go in and celebrate. And oh my gosh, I'm going to lose his name. There is a guy named Joe Savage who talks about who talks about the fact that some hinges in Britain are starting to open up for more celebrations, some other than Stonehenge, because they have some of the same astrological timings. He was talking specifically about uh, Beltane, and he he talks around it. I'll find the podcast for you, but he talks around it in a way that he never says the word pagan, and he's talking about Beltane. <laughs> And that they can that people can come and celebrate in the ways that they steam are are right for their history. <laughs> it's just like they're nude. They're going to be nude. They're going to be sky clad, y'all. Some people are going to be sky clad. <laughs> he was so delicate about it, though. It was just hysterical because I was sitting there just listening, going, I know dude yeah just say the thing yeah man. just say we're gonna there's probably not gonna be sex magic in public on you know yeah. there but but beltane that's a lot of what that was about i also love the fact that the so many of the hinges including the one down by the columbia gorge is surrounded by rivers that are mm -hmm. flowing through and that's the thing about the chalk underneath Stonehenge, and I, I'd be interested to see if there were there's chalk around some of the other hinges because a lot of them are on the same latitude or longitude. They're in the same line, and the water just flows through that, flows through the limestone. So that's why it's one of the reasons they think that the so many of uh, that Stonehenge specifically has lasted for so long, hmm. even though it's lost some of its stones. I also love the connections to the underworld because. I think the circle lends itself to under yes yeah. to portals and underworld work. Um, there's there's one place I'm gonna keep going back to Thornboro. Thornboro, there is although Dr. Green although Dr. Greenry is skeptical, there are a lot of people that think they have. A supporting evidence that one of the thorn borough places was all about Orion and hmm. communicating with the stars and the Orion. So if you're thinking about that and dealing with all of that energy that's coming from the universe and all of that energy that's coming from the sky, especially in a time when there was no light pollution, mm. can you freaking imagine? No. Oh my gosh. I just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and to that point, you also got to understand that their concept of the world and the peoples on it was different. So they knew yeah. that it was round, probably. Yeah. But there was no way to know how far out the world went. No. And who's to say that your hinge isn't a portal to the other side of the world? Right. Especially when you're looking up at those stars. Yes. You know, I just... And then, of course, I go back to the crystals. Mm. I, I mean... Just feeling that inner, the frequencies 
they're there. They bought billions of years old people, billions. But so is so is our land here. Mm-hmm. There's indigenous land here. It's when you can go, like I was saying, Sedona, but there's also places in Ashland, Oregon. There's places everywhere. Mm-hmm. We're on native land everywhere. It's all yeah. sacred. I'm trying to think if I have any other specific magic to talk about or how you I'm just so distracted by how cute and very stupid (laughs) your cat looks right now she looks extra stupid she keeps slipping down a little bit now she kind of looks like a pug she looks like a fat baby that's having their cheeks smushed (laughs) sorry I'm just I can't go you I have to get I have a telephoto option on my phone that I didn't know I had oh my god so I can get pretty good you look dumb her little face (laughs) (laughs) okay i got some good pictures sorry i had to divert us it's just too good yeah 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 i think if you get to visit one you get it but the other thing too is you can visualize you can recreate Mm -hmm. (laughs) like Corey was saying putting don't doesn't have to be stones just a a circle a mound of dirt circles yeah and i love the fact that you know most likely these were not meant as protections i mean if you look at the banks and stuff like that you can still crawl over them yeah yeah they're not although they might have been meant for protection it probably wasn't protection from outer forces that's the thing that's the thing about the okay we don't begin enriching our lives spiritually or emotionally until we are safe yeah right so to have a to have a this little something i learned in my work with off-road shakespeare and underserved communities but yeah that's what theater of the oppressed is all about what is fascinating about places that have been pretty much decided that they weren't for defense is that that means that that group felt safe and also that it was important enough to their spiritual or ceremonial health and existence and being to make these things and that indicates a level of community focus cohesion of belief and feelings of security that says a lot about the people it does i think sometimes when we think back on the past we we belittle past generations but oh they were they're so primitive primitive. and i hate that word they were not can you try to imagine the work you had to do with a stone with the tools that people had back then because certain things hadn't been developed. Most days the idea that I have to leave my house is a yeah. barrier to getting anything done. I know, right? So, like, yeah. who's really, yeah, who's really, you know, held back here? <laughs> yeah, and that, and the uh, when you're talking about megaliths, when you're talking about monuments and those sacred monuments, that took... A lot of people. And a lot of time. So much time. And it was consecutive time that they had planned out. So Stonehenge, if you listen to Mike Pitt, he thinks it probably took about five years. And that both of the stones were built during that time. That they both of bringing the blue stones. Mm -hmm. And 
that that meant a lot of people. And also in building that and in bringing, if they did bring them by land, the way that most people surmise they did, you're creating community along the way. Because you have to stop, you have to eat, you have to sleep, you trade, you you make alliances along the way. And it's 250 miles from Pembroke. Birkenshire, Birkenshire, something like that, where they think in Wales, where mm-hmm. they think the blue stones came from. That's, you know, they brought them down the coast. This is this is not proven, everybody. Right. This is this just is theory. The, this is a theory. They brought them down the coast. They came onto land and they did what you talked about, creating those. Oh, the track, the tracks. The yeah. yeah. And went through communities and 250 miles. And you also have to remember that. The phases of building for mm. Stonehenge specifically went from 3100 BC to 1600 BC. That's 2,500 years. That's so many. Is it 25 or 15? That's I don't know. 1,500 years. I can't math. Don't worry about it. It's so many years. And... There's no way that the people who started it could know how it was going to end up. So Mike disagrees with that. So that's interesting. I I think there's no yeah, way that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they could have left a plan and they mm. could have made a plan and that plan can get passed down generally, generationally. Like this is its intention. This is what we want it to be. But over the course of 1500 years, people learn things and they learn how to do things better or more efficiently yeah. or or they realize new needs. Mm-hmm. And so I think that the likelihood that it ended up exactly like the people who started it wanted it to is very low. But I think that it was improved upon probably. Wow. Which is a huge community effort. It is. And community and safe community. Mm-hmm. Being safe. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's so important, y'all. Which yeah. is why, you know... When we talk about shadow work, mm. yeah, okay, so this is inspiring to me, the the hinges. Mm-hmm. The fact that you have people who were feeling safe enough to do this. I, I mean, there's no proof that these were slaves that were forced to do this. Mm-hmm. There's just the opposite, I guess. And they've done tons of research on this, that, it's a, that this was indeed a community effort. And when you have that, that safety I was going somewhere with this and I lost it. You said you're very inspired after you talked about shadow work. Oh, thank you. That this is why it is important for witches to do their shadow work and heal. And it doesn't mean you have to be healed in order to do great magic. I don't want to, I'm not, don't twist that. It's, it is why it's important to draw energy and from our healing and heal those big wounds so that we feel safe enough to do the big magic. Mm-hmm. And you can feel safe enough even if you're still working on shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> working on yourself. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's Hinges. it. That's what I have. They're wild. They are wild. I like them. Do you want to throw up some sparks? Yes. Okay, let's do it. Oh, I would like to talk about a podcast. Oh, please. I have a podcast recommendation. It's called Gender Spiral. It's hosted by Allie Beardsley and Babette Thomas, and it is, let me see if I have the actual like description about what the podcast is all about. Gender Spiral 
is our quest to explore the modern experience of being a human in our gendered world. Each episode of the podcast will explore important topics and questions about navigating expectations of gender and representation in our society. And then there's a list of like other things, like what that means. But if you watch Dimension 20 or dropout shows of any kind, you're going to know who Allie Beardsley is. They've been part of Dimension 20 since the first season and they've been on dropout since, um, I don't know, forever, it feels. What and, is dropout? Tell me for those of us who don't Oh, know. dropout is the, is the, the network that dimension 20 is on it used to be college humor oh got it it's the ceo is sam reich and he's rob reich's son and it's really great content but ali is an incredible person who is so funny and so smart and from what i have heard on this podcast babette is they're amazing they are a radio producer and artist and researcher who thinks about how media can be used to tell black stories and the stories of marginalized people more broadly. That's their little bio. Really, really good. I've only listened to a few episodes so far because my podcast docket is so full, but mm-hmm. there are only so many hours in a day, you know. That is my recommendation. It's called Gender Spiral, and it's wherever you listen to stuff, but I would recommend checking out their website as well because there's all kinds of good stuff. They've got transcripts. they got they got all kinds of stuff on there. I love the title, the name. Yeah. Gender Spiral. That's it's pretty great. Fun. Wow. Mine's also a podcast. Ooh. And it is the English Heritage Podcast. I think they are connected to the other podcast that I just fell in love with. The people hosting called the History Extra Podcast. I listened to a couple Stonehenge podcasts as well as the, oh, right. I didn't talk about sources. There are lots of sources. I've got lots of sources. Yeah, there are lots. Earth Sanctuary, Christian Dodd, DruidicKirk.com, all of that. Anyway, so those are my two, or I think maybe one podcasty area. It is not completely... British centered either the history at least the history one isn't they branch out and talk a lot about some conspiracy theories sometimes about they have a JFK but they do it from a history perspective Interesting. they talk about Amelia Earhart which there's just been some new information released yes. on that yeah you saw that too I did it's wild wild that they might have known where she was and didn't try to save her it's all thing i don't get it that's all yeah yeah lots of good things everybody good go things. do magic in circles and listen to perspectives that are different from yours yeah and grab some crystals and, and some tacos put some feet in some rivers that are around circles yeah and <laughs> yeah take your crystals and do that but don't make stone piles in yeah. the national forest why is that tell me because again. they are specifically designed to indicate dangers on the trail okay and if everybody goes out and makes their hipstery fucking instagrammable bullshit mm-hmm, piles mm-hmm. of rocks if you do that knock it down then tell a ranger because it can indicate hazards that aren't there mm-hmm. or that somebody can turn somewhere where they shouldn't actually Ooh. and it's bad for the fucking environment oh tell me why it's bad for the environment it removes the grippy shit that keeps the earth from fucking washing away in the rain stop making those stone stacks sorry i'm just stop you do, it. don't drag them and unearth them if they're loose 
make them and then put them leave down. no trace leave no trace leave no trace stop <gasps> moving the rocks and how this is Sorry. what i want no don't be. i have a lot of feelings but what i want to know is how do you know when to who where do you learn how to do the ones that actually do indicate? the forestry service does them oh and they're it don't That's do it, it. <laughs> hey everybody stop she's really passionate about especially this, you all. in deserty places Oh, just stop it. Sorry, I have a lot of feelings about it. Wow. How did you learn about this? Because I have ADHD <laughs> and so, I ended up there. Oh, you just researched it. I and did. You don't know anybody that. Well, I, just, I was noticing all of these stone yeah. things all over the fucking internet on people's mm-hmm. Instagram posts. And I was like, huh, that <laughs> seems like taking too many shells from the beach. And I looked up what those are and I looked up innumerable National Park Service's literally begging wow like begging people to stop this is great that you know this stop it if you've done one in the past don't beat yourself up with guilt yeah but yeah, please yeah. don't do it in the future okay thank you sorry that's a bit be unless a psa for me again unless you're playing on the beach and you can leave them behind because yeah. those are already unearthed and they will move around and go the places beach is different it is the beach is different it than is. a terrifying yeah. potentially dangerous hiking trail in the woods i would never do it in the desert for one thing i wouldn't be in the desert so that's <laughs> although although looking at these pictures of the hinges in the united states mm. made me want to go to the desert yeah stone yeah. circles in the united states are beautiful mm. you should look them up mm-hmm. particularly along the southern border of the united states oh really yeah mm. that southern border there mm. 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 For, you know where mexico used to be before it got swallowed up yeah mm-hmm. yeah okay hey everyone hey and until next time be well Act with intention. And don't forget, you are magic. Look who's awake. She's awake now and she's licking. Licky, licky, who's licky. awake? I got lots of embarrassing pictures of you. Thank you so much for listening. Please, if you are so inclined, follow us on our socials, which is Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Bonfire Babble Podcast. You can also follow us or join us on Patreon at Bonfire Babble Witches on patreon and our website at bonfirebabble.com you can also join our community on discord by clicking the link in our link tree if you're into snail mail you can send us that at p.o box 16341 seattle washington 98116 and if you want to do that electronic thing we're at bonfirebabblepodcast at gmail.com Please also, if you have a moment, leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen. It helps us out. It also helps other people find us. Yeah, and if you do it on Apple where you can actually write something, we will shout you out your name. Thank you again for listening. Bonfire Babble Podcast recognizes that we live and record on the traditional lands of the Duwamish tribe. We honor their past and present stewardship of the beautiful land and the life-giving energy they provide. To learn more about the tribe, go to realrentduwamish.org.